Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play! Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour, here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. By the way, if you want to be helpful, and you've ever been to Barcelona or Ibiza, I'll be headed there in a couple weeks, so hit me up on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, with suggestions, what I should see, what I should do, would appreciate that. You can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. It is almost over for May Madness. There's three days left, so make sure you take advantage and sign up now. What does that mean? Well... We run the Fantasy Football World Championships at PlayFFWC.com. And if you put your $200 deposit down now on your World Championship team or teams, you earn an entry into the May Madness giveaway. And what that means is we're giving away a free World Championship entry, which is valued at $1,795. So if you already know you're going to play, and many of you do, or maybe you're hearing this for the first time, you want to give it a shot, just put your deposit down, 200 bucks towards your entry fee. And you don't even need to select a date or a time of draft. You could do that at a later date. You'll be entered for a free drawing. And especially when many of you put in multiple entries, why not? You're going to pay anyway. So at least get entered into that potential drawing to get a free entry. And remember, there's the uh, upside of uh, your league prize, not just the overall prize. You can potential league prize of $10,000. Obviously, the grand prize, $150,000. We'll be drafting live at the Palms first weekend of the NFL season. I'll be out there along with Dr. Otto. So we hang out. Uh, we watch the Thursday night game to kick off the season. Uh, we'll have a special area for us. And then, of course, drafts Friday and Saturday. There's drafts Wednesday and Thursday, too, I believe. Uh, so it's a fun time. We were in the real world suite last year. Uh, we go watch football on Sunday for week one altogether. So it's a real fun time, one of the events I look forward to most each year. So cannot wait to be out there at the Palms once again. So check it out, playffwc.com. Of course, we got best ball drafts, dynasty drafts. In addition, uh, online championship drafts with slow clocks, one hour, two hours, three, six. Some people get impatient. If you're one of those, you can go in one with a uh, lower clock time. So there's different price points, different drafts. You can figure out what you want to do, playffwc.com. And fulltimefantasy.com, I uh, got an article up looking at some potential stashes in fantasy baseball. You know, we've had a lot of fab emptied out off the board over the last couple of weeks. Uh, a little quiet here early in the week, but we know how quickly that could change. We can get more call-ups over the next few days. There could be injuries, and there already have been a few, which we'll talk about. Uh, but, you know, getting these guys two, three weeks in advance, and sometimes it's hard to do. Uh, as I've mentioned, my NFBC auction team has just been hammered by injuries, and every week 
as I talk with my partner, Brian Ambos, and we're like, oh, this guy's coming back in two, three weeks. We don't have room for him. We can't stash him. We got guys on the bench who are hurt already. Uh, so, you know, maybe some of you are in a different position, uh, especially in the NFBC where you have seven reserve spots. Maybe you're fortunate enough where you have no injuries in the bench and you could stash a player or two. Uh, I got a few suggestions. You could check it out on the site. Uh, Dr. Otto takes a look at the Cincinnati Bengals training camp questions, and Sean Childs continues his in-depth team outlooks uh, for the AFC with the Jacksonville Jags. So you can check that out now. Uh, and any questions you have, you ask them on the message boards and the forums, and uh, we'll get back to you as uh, soon as we can um, with those answers. So getting a lot of baseball questions now. And uh, trades, waiver wire pickups, who to start, whatever it is, we've got you covered. So uh, ask those questions now. All right, uh, let's take a look at some of the top stories. Oh, by the way, Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com, will be coming up in the next segment. Uh, The biggest story of the day so far is Carlos Correa being placed on the injury list. We knew there was some type of injury. We kind of mentioned it yesterday as he was out of the lineup, but uh, Correa is going to be out four to six weeks with a fractured rib, and it's frustrating uh, for Carlos Correa owners, uh, and especially those that have him in keeper dynasty leagues because – like, we expect Correa to have, like, this big year, and he just keeps getting hurt. Now, there are different injuries, and this injury, I haven't seen details yet, but it seems to, like, it might have occurred at his house. Um, I know the Astros kind of weren't giving any of the details yet, but, you know, Correa has really played one full season. You know, he came up as a rookie in 2015, and 279, 22 homers, 14 steals in 99 games, and as I've always said, the next year I knew he was going to be just completely overvalued in fantasy because everyone's like, well, he played in 99 games. If he plays 150, he's going to hit 37 home runs and he's going to steal 25 bases. It doesn't work like that. And, of course, the next year he played more games. He played in 153 games, so 54 more games. He had two less home runs. His steals went down by one, and his average went down five points. So he was overvalued that year. But we knew he was a young talent on an ascending offense but then 2017, played in 109 games. Uh, numbers were great when he played. Batted 315, 24 homers, 82 runs, 84 ribbies, and two steals. Last year, 110 games. Uh, and he struggled. 239, 15 homers, 65 RBIs. But we knew he was hitting in the middle of a great lineup. Uh, he's still only 24 years old. So, you know, I, I was worried about Correa. Just, you know, the injuries bother me a little bit. And I, I really didn't get Correa anywhere. And then I said, you know, I kind of want to have one share because, you know, if he does stay healthy for 150 games, he could go off. So the one league I took him in was the GST league. And, you know, he's been very productive to this point. You know, I think the thing with him we've noticed is he's really not going to run much anymore. And that's been apparent with five stolen bases over the last two years and only one this year. But he was playing well, 295, 360, 547 slug, 26 runs, 11 homers, 35 RBIs. But now he's going to miss four to six weeks. So... You know, it's one of those things where you want to say it, it's fluky and different injuries. And, you know, I do say that kind of often, but it's kind of frustrating. You're going to look at another year for Correa where he's not going to play 150 games, and that'll be the third year in a row. So it's definitely a concern uh, for Correa owners. And this is just poor timing. A led Miss Diaz would have been such a in a great spot. And he was with Jose Altuve going down, and I picked Diaz up in a couple leagues. In the aforementioned NFBC League, I picked up Diaz, had him. I'm like, oh, this is great. 
had to cut him. I don't have room. Uh, I needed to get him in an infielder that was active, so I had to cut him. If Diaz does spend the minimum amount of time on the 10-day DL, remember, he's out with the hamstring injury, and he had that hamstring injury early last week, sat a couple games, came back, and obviously uh, aggravated it and has to miss some time. And that's the thing with hamstring injuries. They're very, very tricky, and they could act up at any time. Uh, So the Astros did not call up Kyle Tucker, did not call up Jordan Alvarez. They called up Miles Straw. Now, obviously, Tucker Alvarez can't play shortstop, uh, but you figured maybe they could, you know, move Gurriel to third and Bregman to short and maybe White at first, open up the DH, but they're still not doing it. So uh, Miles Straw gets the call, and he's really just starting to play shortstop. He's been playing most of the, uh, mostly the outfielder, and that's what he's designated as. I know in the NFBC he's an outfielder. Uh, so he played mostly outfield in April and started playing some shortstop recently. And, you know, I... I don't think he's going to play a ton. They're probably going to go with uh, Jack Mayfield, uh, I would think, uh, playing some short. Uh, again, they can move things around. Uh, Straw, though, uh, a lot of speed here. He's 24 years old, uh, 289 batting average, 369 OBP, 353 slugging uh, at AAA this season. One home run, 16 steals, so a lot of speed there. So interesting to see how the playing time is distributed. But certainly uh, not good news for Carlos Correa owners, and especially since you had him in there for the lineup this week. Tonight you're stuck with basically a zero all week unless you're in the NFBC and you can take him out uh, and make that change on Friday. But a lot of leagues are not like that. A lot of leagues you have to make the decision on Monday for the week, and that is it. Uh, Chris Davis has begun hitting soft toss, so he is eligible to come off the injured list Saturday. I don't know if he'll be ready to be activated by then. Remember, he's dealing with a left hip and an oblique. So, you know... I don't think it'll be much longer, though, it seems. Uh, and obviously, he was up and down so far this year. But by the end of the year, I think we know what we can expect from him. Uh, I did, I almost put this name in the stash, but I didn't. But that's Sean Manaya. He threw a 40-pitch bullpen today and uh, could advance to facing live hitters than a rehab assignment. Uh, but uh, maybe after the All-Star break, you might see Sean Manaya back in the rotation as he's coming off the shoulder surgery. It was... Good start to the season for him last year before uh, his season came to an end. The Red Sox have placed Mitch Moreland on the injured list uh, with a lower back strain. So he's also been dealing with some knee discomfort. So they give him some rest. And he's been productive. You know, I uh, almost picked him up off uh, free agency in April in Towers. And I kind of wish I did because at that time I had major injuries at the infield position. He's got 13 homers, 34 RBIs, and an 870 OPS. Uh, in 46 games, so uh, Michael Shave is probably going to play a lot of first base, so uh, depending on your league uh, eligibility numbers, he could get some eligibility there, uh, making him a little bit more versatile. I mean, you want to keep him in the middle infield anyway, uh, but hey, in you know American League-only leagues or uh, leagues where you have some injuries, uh, it gives some more flexibility, so Brock Holt will see some time at second base. Uh, Joey Gallo is not in the lineup today. He's dealing with a wrist issue. They took him out last night after seven innings with a sore wrist, although Chris Woodward, the manager for the Rangers, said uh, more of a planned day of rest rather than anything else. Mike Trout is out of the lineup today. He's dealing with a foot issue. He fouled the ball off his right foot last night. He did finish the game, so they're saying it's not serious. Let's hope that is the case. The Mariners plays J.P. Crawford on the 10-day injured list with a left ankle sprain, so probably about three to four weeks for him. So Tim Beckham 
will be back in there after uh, losing his job. Remember, Beckham got off to a sizzling start this year and then really cooled off. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if he can pick it up. Uh, Jordan Lyles left yesterday's start early due to discomfort in his left hamstring. He played catch today, so he is scheduled to start on Sunday against the Brewers. We'll see if the Pirates let him go or they push him back. He's been pitching well this year. Obviously, a couple of bad starts lately, but we knew he wasn't going to continue at the pace he was. But he's got a 309 ERA, 1.10 whip, 56 strikeouts, 19 walks, and 55 in a third innings this year. Joey Votto, we talked about him yesterday. He was out of the lineup with a hamstring issue. He is not in the lineup today. By the way, there are two afternoon games. We'll get to those a little bit later on, although one of them is still in a delay. The Reds in the Pirates, and uh, Votto was not in that lineup. I believe the Reds are off tomorrow, so they're hoping that Votto could be back on Friday. And you know, he was just starting to hit a little bit, too. Um, he was off to the real slow start this year and uh, just starting to pick it up. Uh, I think he's got like nine, ten RBIs this year. It's been a pretty rough start for him uh, to begin the year here uh, with the Reds. Uh, some other things that stood up from yesterday. How about Derek Dietrich, man? You know, this guy, no one wanted to sign him. And the Reds take a chance on him here. And three home runs yesterday. And uh, he still might be sitting out there in some leagues. I'm not sure how. I actually picked him up in uh, a very competitive 15-team league over the weekend. I didn't even spend that much for him either, and uh, certainly it, it looks good now because I had Carlos Correa on that team. So I have a few guys with roster flexibility so I can get Dietrich in there, but three more home runs yesterday. It's now 17 on the season, 35 RBIs, and we talk a lot about how the home runs are up this year. Dietrich had 16 homers last year in 149 games. I actually had Dietrich for a little bit last year in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Had some injuries that plugged him in there, and I used him quite a bit. Uh, got him uh, during a useful run with the Marlins. Uh, this year with Dietrich, his strikeout rate is down about 5.4%. His walk rate is almost doubled, so he's been more patient. Uh, he's only hitting 254, but he does have a 176 batting average on balls in play, so it's a little bit poor luck there as far as that. He's got a 1.085 OPS on the season. He's hitting a ton of fly balls. So that's, again, that's part of the reason why... The BAPIP is so low, 52.2% fly ball rate, only a 15.6% line drive rate. He was at 23.3% last year. Hard hit rate is slightly up, but in that ballpark and with the fly balls he's hitting and with the change in the ball, uh, really not that surprising. Well, I mean, it is surprising, but you could see some of the numbers here. Now, clearly he's not going to keep this up. You don't need me to tell you that. 36.2% home run of fly ball rate. That's clearly going to come down. I mean, that's an elite power hitter, but... He's certainly worth rostering right now and, you know, getting some time at first base with Joey Votto out. And, you know, there will be a roster crunch here. Scooter Jeanette could be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, but if Dietrich continues to, you know, he'll play. They, they've even used him in the outfield a little bit. But, man, he is just uh, on a ridiculous tear right now. We saw the return of Nick Pavetta last night, and it was a very rough first inning. He gave up a solo home run to Paul Goldschmidt, then a two-run homer to Marcelo Zuna. But he did settle down, and he finished five innings, three runs, six strikeouts. So I, it was positive that he was able to get past that first inning and, and get to the fifth and get a win. Uh, his next start, though, was against the Dodgers. I have Pavetta in one league, and I benched him this week. Even in a two-start week, I was concerned. Watching that first inning, I'm like, all right, I made the right call. 
Uh, but then he did get the win. But still, going up against the Dodgers is definitely a little bit of a cause for concern. Talked about Lucas Giolito a lot. I wrote about him yesterday. Another outstanding performance for him. And this was a guy, too. A lot of three-run homer in the first inning to Alex Gordon. And I love the way he bounced back. This is a guy that, you know, has had a really good year. And you want to see, okay, he's been pitching well. How does he rebound from a rough first inning? And he did it in the best way possible. He wound up going seven more scoreless innings for a total of eight innings, three runs, and 10 Ks. He's got a 2.85 ERA. I've said it the last couple weeks. He should be in all leagues, eight-team leagues, 10-team leagues. He should be on your roster. I don't think he's available in any leagues at this point, but I'm just glad that I have him in two 15-team leagues. And he's been money. And he's a high prospect pedigree that's finally putting it together. Fun to watch. The slider's nasty. The change-up's nasty. Velocity's up. Uh, he is just doing it all right now. When we return, I'll be joined by Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm, talking more fantasy baseball and some closer situations with him here on Full-Time Fantasy. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 in an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy. Adam Ronis here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Wednesday afternoon. You can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. have potential stashes, an article on that, so you can check that out right now. Joining me to talk some baseball, it is Greg Jewett, fantasyalarm.com. Greg, what's up? Not much. Uh, killing a little time here with you before my son's sectional baseball game at 4.30, so... Could be a good night. What is this, high school baseball? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we should be in the playoffs by now, right? Correct. This is the quarterfinals. They're the they're 
the one seed, so I got to knock on wood here. So they're hosting a game today, and then if they win, they make the semis on Friday. Oh, cool, man. What's, what school is it? Uh, it's Christian Brothers Academy up in Syracuse. Uh, they're the one seed, and I think they're in the top five in the state right now. Did, were they good at some another sport, too? Did they have, like, a great basketball team years ago? Yeah, we, we had Greg Paulus here. Okay, yeah, because I used to cover high school sports. So I would go upstate this time of year for the baseball championships. Uh, nice. You know, Long Island had, had pretty good squads uh, when I covered them out there. So, uh, yeah, it's usually up in Binghamton, the state championships. Is that where they still have it? And I, I know they use the Mets minor league facility for one of the championship games too. Yeah, I, I believe they did them there last year. I, I'd like to find out this year. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, they usually have them at a couple different facilities, uh, you know, because they have different classes. But uh, good luck. Uh, hopefully that goes well for your son. Uh, let's let's get into some – I know you do a lot of closer work, and I feel like we mm-hmm. haven't even been talking much closers lately with all the prospects that's come up. But uh, let's go over a few situations. Uh, I, I wrote about this today, and I was doing some research because uh, I have Rowenis Elias, Elias, mm-hmm. whatever you say it. Uh, the, the Mariners have one save this month. And it was Elias yep. when he got seven out saves. Brennan was pitched well, but he came in the fifth inning yesterday to replace Marco mm-hmm. Gonzalez. Who is the closer for this team? It doesn't even matter now. And I, and I you know, talked about Hunter Strickland. He's going to throw a bullpen this week and he'll be a couple weeks away. I mean, he's probably going to get that job back. No one else has seized it. But, like, do you even own – would you even own anyone in this Seattle bullpen right now? No. Uh, in a head-to-head league, I dropped Elias about two weeks ago, and that was – maybe two days before he got that seven out save. But at that point, it didn't really matter. You know, it's, you get to a point when you're churning and burning these saves that you're, you're better off getting a periphery guy on a good team. Like I'd rather have Ryan Presley in that, in that head, head league, even though he's not getting saves per se, but he's still helping me with my ratios and things of that nature. I think we get so caught up in chasing that one category that people burn through fob when they don't have to. Um, and it's funny, right? Uh, uh, a follower asked me a question on Twitter right before I came on air with you, and he asked the same thing you did. And I said, well, I think Elias would still be atop the bullpen. And I quoted about Brendan being in the fifth inning yesterday. And I said, a dark horse there is that might get a save or two would be Anthony Bass. He did save nine games with Louisville before they traded for him. And he did pitch the ninth inning the other day with a four-run lead. So there's a chance he could get a look uh, as becoming the wingman with Elias in that bullpen. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, Rangers situation. You know, I've been saying that I think Jose Leclerc's going to get that job back, and he was pitching well until Sunday, gave up two runs on a homer, then left with a trainer. Then they were saying, oh, it's only calf issues and might be dehydration. And then today he's going to be the opener. Sean Kelly has done a good job, although he did blow a save a couple days ago. Uh, what do you think happens here for the Rangers? I think it's. Kelly in the near term with LeClerc probably getting it back in, I would say, about a month. But, yeah, he was blaming his cleats the other day, saying that they were too tight that caused his calf to cramp up. Whatever. I hate excuses, <laughs> but, you know. I know. That, that's crazy. He, he, he served up a long home run. Just deal with it. But, you know, uh, yeah, and I, I think you can get five saves or so. I mean, the Rangers have been very good. They're, they've been kind of a surprise team this year. They've been kind of hanging around almost like Oakland did last year. Yeah, it's weird because I have LeClerc on an NFBC auction team, so obviously that's a high priority. And then I have uh, Sean Kelly on a league with a much lower entry fee where there is money on the line. I'm in second place, and you know I'm low in saves. So it's like, 
Uh, and I have Leclerc. I hadn't had Leclerc in the lineup the last couple weeks, and I'm like, all right, it looks like he's getting close to getting the job back, so I'll put him in this week. I had no idea he was going to be the opener today. I think they just decided that, like, today, right? Like, I didn't see that yeah. a couple days ago, so uh, I still think he's worth holding on to uh, to mm-hmm. see what happens there. Uh, talking to Greg Jew at FantasyAlarm.com. What's going on with the Twins, man? I mean... They're winning a ton of games, but, like, I haven't seen many saves, and I have Blake Parker in Tout Wars, and I haven't played him in, in a couple of weeks, and I didn't have him in there this week. He comes in in the eighth inning last night, gives up a couple runs. Taylor oh. Rogers came in, gave up some runs. Like, who is the closer here? Are, are they just playing matchups, and how are they deploying their closer right now? Yeah, this is, you know, don't forget, Rocco Baldelli came up with the race, so he's accustomed to seeing a fluid – bullpen and playing matchups and he's been kind of doing that it's been a little disappointing because taylor rogers has been giving up the gopher ball this year after his dominant second half last year when he had the slider and he was just lights out um we keep waiting for him to get traction and back in there uh and i wrote about blake parker on tuesday just you know he did have the 1.80 era before last night's transgression but he had a 4.4 x tip so you know those two points are going to start to migrate towards each other so that, that was just a little natural regression on him and I worried about the, the high amount of walks. He's been walking over 10% of the batters this year. So, you know, he, he's been doing well, but he's kind of been doing it with smoke and mirrors. So it, over the long haul, I would probably prefer Rodgers over Parker. But I do think the Twins will make a run at Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, that would be really interesting. I wonder with the way they're playing so well, if that – forces them to say, you know what, let's spend the money. You know, this guy's experienced. He's won mm-hmm. a World Series. Obviously, I think the Braves have to be in that conversation as well. They're hanging out there in the National League East. And, you know, I know Luke Jackson's done a nice job, but, you know, say you push him to the eighth inning, you bring in Kimbrell. Uh, who, do you, who else do you see uh, where Kimbrell can go to? I mean, I think Braves and Twins are, are two teams. Is there anyone else you could see that makes a push for him? I think those two make the most sense, and I think whichever team doesn't get them is going to pay the is going to pay the trade tax and get Will Smith from San Francisco. Um, he just makes too much sense for both of those teams. So uh, I, I say whichever one Kimball doesn't go to, then the other one's going to have to give up a prospect and go get Smith from the Giants because they they have to have a yard sale soon. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel recently called up. He was terrible earlier this year. Came up, hit a few home runs, playing a little bit in the outfield. We know there's some mm-hmm. defensive issues there, struggled at second base. Uh, what are your thoughts on him uh, the rest of the way? Could he be someone that uh, makes an impact uh, on a fantasy team? Well, I know he's one of Nando's boys. We always have to have I love him. that with a little, little trepidation. Him. But, <laughs> but um, it was funny because when Biggio came up, he kind of took all the fob and it kind of let people – pick up the scraps with Gurriel. He had, I believe he homered in three straight games there, right, when they were playing the Padres. Um, and I think maybe moving to the outfield will kind of clear his head and let him just swing the bat. So he seems to have more power than his brother. So I'm intrigued by him. And anytime you get guys adding eligibility, it only enhances their uh, fantasy upside. Uh, the Cubs closed the situation. You know, Steve Ciszek was pitching well. I got him in a few leagues for cheap. I was happy about it. Then he had that appearance where he gave up a couple runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Tyler Chatwood got a save. We know that Pedro Strope uh, began his rehab yesterday, could be back this weekend. What do you think happens when Strope comes back? Does he go right into the closer role? Does 
him and C-Sheck split it. I know it's Joe Madden, and we can't really predict what he's going to do, uh, but what's your read on the situation for the Cubs? It's a tough one because everyone keeps you know, fantasizing about Strope. He had an ERA over five before he went on the injured list. I do think Madden is going to be loyal to Strope, so I think he might use him in a game uh, in lower leverage on his first day back just to see how he's looking, and he'll probably force-feed him back into the ninth, but I don't know if I would initially drop uh, Chishak. I would probably hold on to him for a little bit and see how Madden goes with it, so... I think it's going to be one of those we have to read it out and wait, but I think he'll get Strope in there sooner rather than later just based on his loyalty to last season. Red Sox, I don't even know what to say here. Uh, another implosion last night, this time Ryan Brazier. Uh, Barnes, is, Barnes has been pretty good this year. They've used Walden, Workman. I mean, is this just a, a real true committee where they're just going to Go. I mean, it seems to me they're using Barnes in the most high leverage situation, and yep. they don't. Right? I mean, that's basically. And he is someone that I do have in one league. Uh, I think I took Brazier at a draft champion somewhere. But what's happening here for the Red Sox in their closer situation? Um, this is this is the meme where the dog's sitting around with the fire and he's saying everything's fine. I mean, Alex Cora told the media last night, "Oh, don't worry, the bullpen's going to remain fluid. Everything's fine." I think guys back there do crave a role a little bit, and I'd love to get a former reliever on sometime on a podcast and just kind of see how a former pitcher feels about it. But, um, you know, they've had Workman get a save. Walden's gotten a save. Brazier imploded last night. And, and Barnes has been really force-fed the, the two, three, four batters in the lineup. So he's been getting them in the seventh inning, in the eighth inning. I mean, he's, he's faced the toughest batters on every team way more than Kimbrell ever did last year. Um, so, you know, you, you just have to pray as a Barnes owner that the heart of the order is coming up in the ninth inning so we can get a safe chance. But I think it's been over two weeks since he's recorded one. So this is a true fluid bullpen, and it's just frustrating. By the way, uh, the Astros have placed Forrest Whitley on the minor league seven-day injury list with shoulder fatigue. So, man, that was a guy everyone expected to be up by now. You had McHugh get hurt, and he's been pitching terrible in the minors. So... Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been stashing him since the beginning of the season, and uh, it's not going well for Forrest Whitley this year. And with any of the all the people that we want the Astros to pull up, they seem not to. Whitley Whitley struggled. You know, everybody was hoping Tucker or Alvarez would get called up, and they brought up Fisher. I mean, the Astros don't care about us in the fantasy community. Uh, I am a little bit intrigued by Miles Straws coming up. You know, if he can steal some bases and get some time in the infield and maybe work in the outfield as well, uh, if he can hit well and maybe get himself in that lineup a little more often, those of us that are searching for steals might get a little thunder with him. You know, look, the Astros are a very smart organization, so there's got to be a reason why we're not seeing Alvarez and Tucker up. And I understand with Springer going down, they needed a center fielder, and I don't think either of those guys can play center. I mean, Alvarez mm-hmm. can't probably play the outfield at all. But now, can't you move Bregman to short, Gurriel to third, and if you want to continue playing White, put him in first? Doesn't that open up the potential DH spot for one of those guys? I mean, that's, it, that's what I'm thinking, but there has to be a reason why they're not calling these guys up. I just haven't figured it out. Well, what works against Alvarez is he's not he's on not the 40-man Yeah, I've yeah, mentioned so that, that before, yeah. That really pigeonholes him and that. I mean, Tucker is on it. You have to think if they're bringing Fisher up, maybe they're showcasing him for somebody and possible in a, in a small trade. 
Um, you, you never know. And you, you had hit the nail on the head. They are a savvy organization. So they've got to be showing off Fisher and maybe even Straw. They're saying, oh, the people, look what these guys can do, and maybe they'll flip them for something they need. Then they can still bring up Tucker if they want to um, to add to that lineup. And eventually Alvarez, I mean, Tyler Weiss has been a black hole in that lineup, and they're still winning games. Talking to Greg Jew at FantasyAlarm.com, should we just put Derek Dietrich in the Hall of Fame now? Well, in the waiver wire Hall of Fame, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like every week we we you know we made the big thing with Estella a couple of weeks ago and he was on fire and Dietrich just keeps launching home runs that that ballpark seems made for his swing so I know it was the Pirates and he's kind of doing it the Pirates what uh, Thames did to the Reds a couple of years ago but you know it's it he's he's still hitting now the real question is what are they going to do when Jeanette's getting close to a return you know which one will they trade Yeah, that is true. Uh... Maybe Joey Votto's on the injured list by then. Who knows with this hammy? I mean, he's sitting out again today. They're saying it's not yeah, that that's serious, true. but you know, who knows? Uh, as as we know, these things tend to work themselves out. Uh, were you able to were you able to get any Austin Riley? Man, this guy three for four with two RBIs yesterday, a sixth home run. He's hitting three sixty five. I know he's striking out a ton, but were you able to open up the bank and get him anywhere? Nah, I got outbid on him in every league. How about yourself? Yeah, I wasn't able to get him in any and. Uh, there was one I might have had a shot. I mean, I think he went for three forty-three, and I had some money. I didn't go that high. Uh, the the owner who got him, would, you know, texted me. He's like, "Hey, uh, how much did you bid on him?" I was like, "Nah, I didn't come close to you." So, uh, looking back, uh, would have been nice. I mean, I'm sitting good in that league, but you know, you start to get injuries. I've lost Glass now. I've lost Correa, Shaw. Not that that was a big loss, but I still have him on the roster, and there's no injured reserve spots. You know, what do you do with Travis Shaw right now? I saw a couple people in the NFBC pick him up over the weekend. Keston Hira hit another home run yesterday. What do you think happens with Shaw? I saw his rehab numbers were not very good. You you have to hope he starts to hit a little bit, and maybe, maybe he gets first base with Aguiar and Thames really not running away with it. I mean, Shaw did play first base for the Red Sox, so that would be a chance where you keep Moustakas happy at third base. You leave Hira there, and then you can get Shaw in at first and, and increase the production. That That's what I'm hoping for as a Shaw owner. Whether it comes to fruition is another thing to be seen. We've seen a couple pitchers called up this week. Lucas Sims, uh, he had a pretty good start. He gave us some runs late. We did see uh, for the Twins, Smelter, Smelter last night come in and pitch well. Any of these guys worth adding this weekend in 15-team leagues? I think in 15 teams, you can put low bids on them and see if somebody sticks against the wall. I mean, that's kind of the pitching environment right now. It's it's kind of crazy this year. You're just, just like I said, burning and churning earlier with saves. You're also burning and churning your eighth pitcher on your roster, just seeing if somebody can give you good matchups. You know, one thing that we have to like about the Twins, they still have 63 games left in their division. So as good as they've been, they're going to be getting a lot of weak lineups and good matchups even more going forward. So I wrote them up on Fantasy Alarm the other day saying that, you know, people are selling high on Twins. It might be time to get them. So if Smelter can get a little run in there, um, he might be able to hold the spot. I and mean, a fifth starter on the Twins right now is a, is a nice place to be. I'm praying for one thing for the Twins. I hope this doesn't happen. It happens every year when they make playoffs. Please don't have this great year. Face the Yankees in the first round and go home. Please don't do it. I mean, come on. How heartbreaking would that be for Twins fans? Oh, it would be killer. But, yeah, it's it, 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 they had a bad run always running into those Yankee gauntlets there through those years. But, 
Yeah, and again, I think the Twins were probably the best team to bet in the preseason. I said that to a couple of my followers. You know, if you're betting the overs, I was all over the Minnesota over. And it's just, it, it, I don't think they're really going to stop. Like I said, with, with all those games in the division, it's really hard to see them tailing off with the way those bats are going. Yeah, I wrote two in the preseason. They were one of my overs. I think they were 84 and a half at the time. I'm like, yeah, take mm-hmm. the over on this. This division stinks, and they're pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned about just burning, churning, pitching spots, man. I'm starting, and I cannot believe this. If you would have told me three weeks ago in my NFBC auction where I've clawed my way out from the bottom to move to the middle of the pack with so many injuries, I'm starting Andrew Kashner this week. Holy moly. But he's actually been pitching okay. And he's home against San Francisco. So, yeah. Because I just lost Luke Weaver. Yeah, that's, that's a why. killer, too. Yeah, it's a real killer. So it, like, never ends. It's like, all right, I'm getting back in shape up. Luke Weaver's hurt. And you're like, oh, who cares? Luke Weaver was pitching very well. For a 15-team yeah. league, he was a valuable pitcher. Oh, absolutely. It's almost like every time we get a little traction, something backslides, and you're going right back to the well. Yeah, I've uh, experienced that feeling quite a bit in this league this year. But, uh, Greg, it's always good talking to you, and uh, good luck to your son in his playoff game. Thank you so much. I'll relay that to him. I'll be heading up there in a few minutes, get my get my seat and get some seeds going. All right, man. Have a lot of fun. Again, that is Greg Jewett from FantasyAlarm.com. When we return, we'll wrap it up looking at some of the live action and the lineups for tonight here on Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And don't forget, 
few days left in May Madness. Take advantage. Go to playffwc.com right now. Put down your $200 deposit towards the World Championship. If you're going to play anyway, you might as well get this done now. And a lot of you play in multiple leagues. And what happens when you participate in Made Madness and put down a deposit? You get put in a drawing where we're giving away a free World Championship entry, which is valued at $1,795, which means you could potentially win a $10,000 league prize and also in the running for the $150,000 grand prize. So you can have more than one entry and uh, put down your deposit now, 200 bucks. Uh, to be entered to potentially get a free entry into the World Championships. We'll be drafting live in Vegas. You don't have to be out there to be a part of this. Uh, you can do your draft online. It's recommended you come out there to the Palms in Vegas. It's a good time. I'll be out there. Dr. Ord will be out there. We'll watch football together. We'll draft. We'll drink. It's a lot of fun. I've been there the last two years. It's one of the highlights of the year. We were in the real world suite last year, so uh, looking forward to it. So, Head on over to playffwc.com. Put your deposit down right now. If you are serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season, and Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, Best ball and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Let's take a look here at some of the action in the afternoon. Uh, Yankees at home against the Padres. They head to the top of the ninth inning. The Yankees lead this game 7-0. James Paxton was activated off the injured list and started today, and he was dominant. Now, he only went four innings, 66 pitches, 40 for strikes. He allowed no hits, walked two, and struck out seven. So he's not in line to get the win. Uh, There was some talk about something about the infield, the mound, the dirt. Uh, you know, Paxton mentioned after his rehab, he was still having some pain. So I uh, haven't seen anything, whether there was a pitch count, there was an issue on why he was pulled. Of course, we'll get that here in the post game coming up. And uh, if anything, uh, we'll have it for you on the show tomorrow. But uh, certainly good news there that Paxton was still able to pitch very, very well. And, you know, that's the thing with Paxton. We don't doubt his ability. We know he's a dominant arm. The question is, how much is how much, how often is he going to be on the mound? That was my biggest concern going into the year. You know, in years past, I would take Paxton's ninth, tenth round. I'm like, okay, I know there's a risk for him getting hurt, but you know, when he's on the mound, he's great. This year was a fourth round pick, and I wasn't willing to do it. Now we'll see at the end of the year whether it's right or wrong. Uh, if he's able to finish the rest of the year and pitch like this, uh, I'll be wrong. Uh, if he spends more time on the injured list and is only able to give you 20 starts, then uh, could turn out right. But you know, we are in an era now where we're happy with like 140, 150 innings if they're really good. Uh, that's just the way the game has changed, and we know injuries are going to occur at a rapid rate. Uh, for the Yankees, Luke Voigt with a home run. His 14th of the year is 38 RBIs. He's batting 262 with 378 OBPs. But a tremendous value this year, and Voigt was one of those polarizing players. I think there were people who believed in him and others who said, nope, it was a small sample, it was a fluke. 
I believed in him, but I guess not enough. I only have him in one league in the draft championship, and I had him ranked pretty high. I think I had him like 12th or 13th among first basemen. I don't know. I thought that was pretty high. Maybe not high enough, I guess. But he went in double-digit rounds, and uh, obviously I was hoping to get him in our leagues, and I didn't, uh, but he's been very good. Glaber Torres hits a home run against a non-Orioles team. His 14th of the season He's got 31 RBIs. He's hitting 288 with a 330 OBP. So uh, he cleaned up today. And that was the one thing, uh, again, about Torres going to T. I was a little worried as he was hitting 7th, 8th in the order. Uh, you know, usually in a powerful American League lineup, you don't worry about it too much. But, you know, batting order does matter. But as I've mentioned, too, the batting order can change. It can be fluid. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that with Victor Robles. And we did see him near the top for a little bit. Now he is back down to the bottom that they're healthy. But uh, you do have to keep that in mind. And, uh but I don't think anyone foresaw all the injuries. You know, you knew Judge was going to be up top and Stanton and potentially Andujar and Gary Sanchez. So it's like, okay, where's Glaber going to hit? But, you know, they've had a lot of these guys get injured uh, and it's opened the door for Torres to hit higher in the order and he's taken advantage of it. Cameron Mabin with two hits today and two stolen bases. Uh, of course, you know, people put on a Yankees uniform, they're good. Even Cameron Mabin, uh, Gio Ursula, huh? He had his third home run of the year today. He's hitting 331. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and there's a little trace of jealousy there as a bad fan. Not going to lie. Uh, it's sickening. Uh, Yankees about to go to 36-19 uh, and 19 despite all these injuries. Crazy. Uh, Chris Paddock on the mound for the Padres today. Very shaky start. He allowed the first two hitters of the game to go yard. E.J. LeMayhew and Luke Voigt. And then another home run he allowed in the third inning. Uh, no, the second inning to Ursula. So he did settle down. Uh, could have been a lot worse. Five innings, six hits, four runs, a walk, six Ks. He's now 2.40. And this is just a case of bad luck here as, for, uh, as far as the timing. Remember, he was supposed to pitch Sunday in Toronto. He was scratched with a stiff neck. Had he made that start in Toronto, he would have pitched against Miami this weekend. Much better matchup. Instead, he has to go to Yankee Stadium. And uh, he just a couple of fastballs that were just right down the plate. No movement. Uh, his last pitch, though, was 95 on a strikeout. So, look, we knew Paddock was not going to continue to put up uh, an ERA under two, and this was a tough matchup, and uh, it turned out to be an okay start. It could have been a lot worse. I was worried there uh, watching the first two innings, like, wow, this could be a disastrous start, and, uh, you know, really didn't crush your whip. ERA not great, and he did get six strikeouts in five innings, so it could have been a lot worse today. Well, there was a delay to start today in Cincinnati, but they are underway uh, it is Cincinnati and Pittsburgh that games in the bottom of the fourth inning with no score right now. So uh, these two teams, uh, you know, had the doubleheader on Monday. Uh, then yesterday we saw uh, the Reds just pound them with uh, Derek Dietrich hitting the three home runs. And today, not much scoring going on so far. Anthony DiSclefani on the mound. To me, he's a matchup play. Uh, you know, I had him in a 12-team league uh, a couple weeks ago. I wound up cutting him because some of the matchups coming weren't that good. And I don't even know if Pittsburgh is, like, the easiest matchup anymore. They got some pretty good bats. But Dee Sclafani getting it done today. Four scoreless innings, three hits, a walk, and two Ks. Uh, one hit for Cincinnati. It's Nick Senzel. Uh, for Pittsburgh, um, Melky Cabrera has a hit, as well as Newman and Elias Diaz. And Diaz, certainly, if you didn't pick him up over the week, it was a good pickup. I picked him up two weeks ago. Just saw severely struggling. Diaz, not a bad catcher at a two 15-team league. So uh, I picked him up a couple weeks ago in a 15-team league and a 14-team league. Steven Brault on the mound for the Pirates, and he's three scoreless, one hit, no walks, and two Ks. Uh, would not have used him today. Uh, the Yankee game is on final as uh, they win 
seven to nothing. Let's take a look at some lineups for tonight. Uh, here's a couple lineups uh, with teams. Just this game just getting underway. Angels and A's. Griffin Canning against Liam Hendricks for the Angels. As we mentioned, no Mike Trout today. Fouled the ball off his foot, so he's sitting today. Doesn't appear to be serious. David Fletcher's at shortstop. Tommy Lastella at third base. Shohei Otani's the DH. Jonathan LaCroix at catcher. Cole Calhoun in right. Cesar Puelo in left. Brian Goodwin in center. Luis Rangifo at second. And Jared Walsh at first base. For the A's, Marcus Simeon's at shortstop. Robbie Grossman in left. Matt Chapman at third. Matt Olson, who homered yesterday, is at first. Steven Piscotti in right. Mark Conha, the DH. Jerks and Profar at second. Ramon Laureano and cetera. Nick Hundley is the catcher. Also, getting uh, underway now, it'll be Rangers and Mariners. Jose Leclerc, the opener against Wade LeBlanc. Logan Forsythe at first. Danny Santana in center. Elvis Andrews at short. That's a good sign because he was taken out yesterday early. And uh, uh, Chris Woodward said he just wanted to get Andrews off his feet. You know, it was an 11-2 game, but a uh, good sign there, especially since he was recently on the injured list with a hamstring. Hunter Pence in left field in cleanup. I wish I would have known he was going to get the playing time when I picked him up in Tout Wars the first week and I would have held on to him, but uh, he wasn't playing, held on him a couple weeks and then cut him. And man, I'm, well, another big surprise this year. And, you know, he had a good spring, so there were some signs there. No more Mazzara in right, Estrubal Cabrera at third, Rugnetto Dor at second, Ronald Guzman at DH, and Jeff Mathis the catcher. For the Mariners, Malik Smith in center. Mitch Hanniger in right, Daniel Volgebach to DH, Edwin Encarnacion at first, Domingo Santana in left, Kyle Seeger at third, Tim Beckham the shortstop, and he'll play most of the time there with J.P. Crawford going on the injured list, Tom Murphy a catcher, and Shed Long at second base. 6-10 p.m. Eastern night, Indians and Red Sox, Shane Bieber against Ryan Weber for the Indians, Francisco Lindor at shortstop leads it off. Oscar Mercado been moved up to that two spot. And he's been stealing some bases, too. So he was one of those cheaper ads two weeks ago with all the rookies coming up. And now uh, pretty much playing every day, too. That was the one concern early on. We saw him sitting against some right-handers, but he's been in there every day. Carlos Santana at first base hitting third. Jason Kipnis at second base hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez at third base hitting fifth. Jake Bowers, the DH, hitting sixth. Greg Allen, who had a big home run yesterday in the ninth inning. He's in left field hitting seventh. Kevin Ploiecki, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Leonis Martin in center hitting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi back in that leadoff spot. He's in left field. Mookie Betts in right field batting second. Raphael Devers at third base hitting third. J.D. Martinez, the DH hitting cleanup. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting fifth. Brock Holt at second base hitting sixth. Michael Chavis at first base hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field hitting eighth. Christian Vasquez, the catcher, hitting ninth. The Cardinals... In Philadelphia to take on the Phillies, it'll be Genesis Cabrera getting the call up. And his numbers in the minor leagues were not good. And I don't think he sticks around. Uh, you know, you you got a couple guys down there to look for for the Cardinals. And uh, someone I wrote about as a potential stash and talked about him last week, Alex Reyes. They, he already made one rehab appearance. Uh, hit 99, averaged 97 with the fastball. Uh, I could see him up in a few weeks. Uh, remember, Michael Walk is out of the rotation. So I uh, think you could see him up. Uh, in a few weeks. So Genesis Cabrera gets the call against Aranola. Dexter Fowler leading it off, playing right field. Paul Goldschmidt at first base, batting second. Paul DeYoung, the shortstop, hitting third. Marcelo Zunas in left field, hitting cleanup. Matt Carpenter at third base, hitting fifth. Matt Wieters, the catcher, hitting sixth. Yadier Merlina, I think it was Sunday, it looked like a finger or hand injury uh, was bothering him, uh, but he's out of the lineup tonight. Jairo Munez at second base, hitting seventh. Harrison Bader in center field hitting eighth, and Genesis Cabrera on the mound hitting ninth. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon 
in left field leading it off. Gene Segura at shortstop hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Romuto, the catcher, hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting sixth. Scott Kingery's in center field hitting seventh. And I believe Kingery's going to play center field against lefties, uh, infield against righties, or, well, not necessarily the infield, but uh, you'll see uh, Nick Williams in there in the outfield uh, against uh, right-handed pitchers. Mikel Frankel's at third base hitting eighth, and Aaron Nola on the mound hitting ninth. The Tigers in Baltimore to take on the Orioles. Ryan Carpenter against John Means for the Tigers. Nico Goodrum leads it off playing shortstop. Kristen Stewart in left field hitting second. Nicholas Castellanos, the DH, hitting third. Mikel Cabrera at first base hitting cleanup. Brandon Dixon in right field hitting fifth. Ronnie Rodriguez, the second baseman, hitting sixth. John Hicks catching hitting second, uh, seventh. Dewell Lugo at third base hitting eighth. Jacoby Jones in center field batting ninth. For the Orioles, Hanser Alberto leading off playing third base. Jonathan Villars at second base hitting second. Trey Mancini at first base hitting third. Renato Nunez, the DH hitting cleanup. Dwight Smith Jr. in left field hitting fifth. Kean Broxton in center field hitting sixth. DJ Stewart, he's an interesting add. He's got a little pop, a little speed. He's in right field hitting seventh. Austin wins the catcher hitting eighth. And Richie Martin is at shortstop batting ninth. The Giants in Miami. It'll be Madison Bumgarner against Pablo Lopez. Leading off for the Marlins, Austin Dean playing left field. Garrett Cooper's in right field hitting second. Brian Anderson's at third base hitting third. Starlin Castro, the second baseman, hitting cleanup. Harold Ramirez off to a good start. He's in center field hitting fifth. Martin Prado at first base batting sixth. Jorge Alfaro with his eighth home run of the season yesterday. He's batting seventh. Been productive at the catcher spot. Miguel Rojas at shortstop hitting eighth. And Pablo Lopez on the mound batting ninth. For the Giants, Joe Panic leads it off playing second base. Mike Yerskremski in left field hitting second. Buster Posey at catcher. Hitting third, Pablo Sandoval at third base. Hitting cleanup, Brandon Belt at first base hitting fifth. Kevin Pillar in right field hitting sixth. Brandon Crawford at shortstop hitting seventh. Steven Duger in center field hitting eighth. And Madison Bumgarner on the mound hitting ninth. The Blue Jays in Tampa take on the Rays. Trent Thornton against Blake Snell. The red-hot Austin Meadows is the DH leading off. Tommy Pham in left field batting second. G-Man Choice at first base hitting third. Brandon Lau is at second base hitting cleanup. Avisel Garcia had an inside-the-park home run yesterday. Randall Grichuk lost the ball on the roof and bounced behind him all the way to the wall, and Garcia came around to score. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting sixth. Willie Adamas, the shortstop, batting seventh. Eric Kratz, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Daniel Robertson's at third base, batting ninth. The Nationals in Atlanta to take on the Braves. Annabelle Sanchez against Kevin Gossman for the Nationals. Trey Turner leading it off playing shortstop. Adam Eaton's in right field batting second. Anthony Rendon at third base hitting third. Juan Soto in left field hitting cleanup. Howie Kendricks at second base hitting fifth. Matt Adams at first base hitting sixth. Kurt Suzuki the catcher batting seventh. Victor Robles in center field hitting eighth. And Annabelle Sanchez on the mound hitting ninth. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna in center field leading off. Dansby Swanson at shortstop hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Josh Donaldson's at third base hitting cleanup. Nick Marcakis in right field hitting fifth. The red-hot Austin Riley, another home run yesterday. He's in left field batting sixth. Tyler Flowers, the catcher, hitting seventh. Ozzie Albies at second base hitting eighth. Kevin Gossman on the mound hitting ninth. The Royals taking on the White Sox. Glenn Sparkman against Ronaldo Lopez. For the Royals, Nicky Lopez at second base leads it off. Whit Merrifield in right field bat second. Alberto Mondesi at shortstop hitting third. Alex Gordon in left field hitting cleanup. Hunter Dozier at third base hitting fifth. 
Jorge Soler, the DH, hitting sixth. Ryan O'Hearn at first base, hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado behind the plate, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field, hitting ninth. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leads it off in center field. Yoan Moncada's at third base, hitting second. Jose Abreu at first base, hitting third. Yonder Alonso, the DH, hitting cleanup. James McCann at catcher, batting fifth. Eloy Jimenez, the left fielder, hitting sixth. Tim Anderson at shortstop, hitting seventh. Yomar Sanchez at second base, hitting eighth. And Charlie Tilson in right field, batting ninth. Cubs in Houston, Kyle Hendricks against Wade Miley. For the Cubs, Kyle Schwarber in left. Chris Bryant at third base. Anthony Rizzo at first base, so good to see Bryant back in the lineup. Javier Baez at DH hitting cleanup. Wilson Contreras to catch hitting fifth. Albert Almora in center field hitting sixth. Jason Hayward in right field batting seventh. Addison Russell at short hitting eighth. David Bote at second base batting ninth for the Cubs today. That wraps it up here. Make sure you go to playffwc.com. May Madness running out. Put down your $200 deposit today and get entered into a free drawing for a free entry into the World Championship valued at $1,795. So put down that deposit today and check out fulltimefantasy.com. I'll be back Thursday afternoon along with Dr. Otto, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.